There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and uh, Micah Richards are here with us as always, ready to reflect on all the big news from the footballing world. I suppose there's only one place to start this week and that's with the battle of last season's top two in North London but it, it I mean a bit of excitement at the end obviously for Arsenal fans and a, a massively important victory for them but overall it was it was a drab old game it was a very disappointing wasn't it oh it was dour I was there <laughs> and I was expecting I've watched absolute... you all day Micah I've watched you all day <laughs> are you not sick the death of listening to me yes now. we are we absolutely have to put up your shit all day <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the ground and I'm thinking okay top of the table clash Arsenal have got a little bit to give from last season when Man City dominated both games we're going to see high energy high flying two teams on it and it was the complete opposite I mean when Martinelli and Saka uh, are not available from the start. It's mm. always going to be difficult for Arsenal because they rely so much on the way they play and on that counter-attack. But Man City as well, the, the whole thing with Alvarez playing just be behind him, creating that mm. partnership. But he plays Alvarez on the right. And it's just, yeah, the game, they were just cancelling each other mm. out. And it was... It wasn't the greatest watch, to be honest. Alan, I recognise that room you're in, Alan, there. I've spent many an hour in one of those rooms. This is Sunday evening. You're on Match of the Day 2 later on. That is one of I the am. dressing rooms. Yeah. Ooh, we'll get yeah, in trouble they're, they're, for that. They're, Don't they're, tell <laughs> Chappers. Dearie, dearie me. He'll have you. He'll be after you, Micah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, uh, I was I, Honestly, I had to get up off the city. I could actually feel my head nodding like that. So I, had to, I had to get up and stand up before I fell asleep. The game was that bad. Give credit to uh, credit to Arteta though. I think his all his subs played a part in the goal, the pass, the header, obviously the finish. Um, so he made his subs. They work. You want them to affect the game, but boy, yeah. They, I, I just thought that both teams were going to be 
playing out a drone then and ha- be happy with the point. Mm. But they got the little bit of luck that they that Mikel will tell you they probably deserve. But I thought Man City were really poor. I thought I mean one. I think they had one shot on target. That was it. Mm. I was I've, I've watched Manchester City. Obviously, we all have, and uh, we've marvelled at their at their brilliant play and uh, their expansive football. But he played remarkably narrow in this game. His whole, like, there were no wide players. And the, the players that did play either side of Harlem were really narrow. There was no width. And normally when City played, they make the pitch as long and as wide as they possibly can. It was obviously some, you know, one of Pep's little things. Let's crowd midfield. Let's um, probably overpower them in there, outnumber them. Um, so, but it, it wasn't that, you know, the performance that we've been, we've been used to. No, I mean, we, we, we talked about losing Rodri against Newcastle, him not playing against Wolves and him not playing today. And I don't want to bang the same drum, but like when you've got Bernardo Silva, who tactically in a, in a, in a forward advanced position and he's so good with a link up play with a Haaland or a Foden or a Alvarez, for him to come back and play as a six at times, it just sort of, contradicted everything that Man City are good at doing, you know? Rico Lewis, I thought, did well at, at, in the first half of his energy, always trying to get on the ball. But you're right, Gary, without the width, I was surprised Grealish didn't come on. Doku was a li- little bit late coming on into the game as well. And Kovacic, you know, that that decision, to be honest. He was very lucky to be on the pitch, he wasn't was he, at half time? Boy, oh boy. I mean, the first one was probably an amber, wasn't it? And, yeah. it was and an then amber. the second yes. one was definitely a yellow. So it should have been two yellows and off, shouldn't it, Alan? Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I was amazed that, um, that he didn't get a second yellow. I, I totally agree with you on the first one. It was okay, yeah. and you go with the rest decision. Mm. You see, he was fortunate because he could have easily shown a red card. He was he fortunate. have argued if he did, in under the current laws. But once he'd given the yellow, I just thought he can't tackle again. Once he made that second tackle, I thought that's it; he's off. Absolutely. So I was, I was, uh, I was surprised that it wasn't another yellow than a red. Go on, Micah. Yeah, I, I just want to talk about Saliba as as oh, well he's because a great defender, he's just isn't he? been immense. And remember last season where they lost him the latter part of the season, and the, the sort of wasn't right. He started the season so well. I mean, Haaland didn't have a sniff. I know we did the whole thing with the whole Ballon Dawson. Didn't give him a yeah, sniff yeah. when they played <laughs> Wolves. But again, he's, he's got no opportunities and he looks like he's a little bit frustrated. But I've got to give credit to Saliba and Gabriel at the back today. Also, I thought Declan Rice was was superb. I thought he was he was all over the pitch. He didn't, you know, passing the ball forward. Um, I thought he was um, exceptional. He's really settled in very quickly there, hasn't he? He made a couple of great saving tackles. Obviously, made the clearance off the off the line yep. also. Um, yeah, so he he without doubt is obviously you can tell he's loving his football there, and rightly so. And um, he's he's going to have to keep on doing that if Arsenal are going to win the league. How important is this game psychologically to us? I know it wasn't a brilliant performance by either side, but it doesn't matter now, does it? You get three points, and the fact that they've been beaten consistently by Manchester City for ages psychologically that must be important, even if it's in the short term. Yeah, I would say yes, of course, because. You always have that doubt in your mind, don't you? Can we beat them? And towards last season, when they went to the Etihad, it was almost like belief maybe or or hope rather than reality that we're going to go to the Etihad and actually get something. But that will give them 
so much confidence. Like I said, I don't think they play the best, but the thing as I liked about Arsenal today, there was more mature and they was willing to sacrifice their strengths to get, you know, some points on the board. So it was a mature performance and fair play for them for, for changing it up a little bit. I agree. I thought I think for, for confidence for them, even for the rest of the league, I know the Man City fans won't like it, but I think it's as a neutral, it's probably better for the uh, better for the league. Definitely. I, I agree. I thought they were superb defensively, didn't offer too much going forward, but the way they actually stopped Manchester City, you can say, well, they didn't play well, but I thought Arsenal sort of stopped them and defended really well. Not only at the back. But I thought all over the pitch, the way they pressed them, the way Declan Rice protected the back four when they got through, and then I thought they defended really, really well. The only, the only one I thought was shaky at times was obviously the goalkeeper. Where I mean, I was early on. Yeah. At times where he got caught on the ball, I was thinking, what on earth is happening here? Absolutely, Mike. I've got one very important question for you. Okay. Really important. I want the, an honest answer here. Who were you cheering on? Who did you want to win today, Mike? <laughs> Come on. Be careful, Bobby, where you get paid you from know, Manchester lifetime City. lifetime Arsenal fan, Manchester City's <laughs> ambassador. Come on. Play for Man City You're a lot a of times. Man you are. I'm not a bad man. I'm just, this is what the public want to know, Micah. I just Deep wanted down. football to be the winner. And football <laughs> certainly wasn't the winner today. What a fudge. Awful. Awful. You fucking bullshitter. <laughs> <laughs> You've got your Arsenal undies on, haven't you? You've got, you've got them underneath there. Yeah. Have you got a half and half scarf? You got oh, half, I'll take a half and half scarf. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't think we're going to get that. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I must say, it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's a great weekend. Um, top of the Premier League are Tottenham Hotspur. Top of the Championship are Leicester City. Well, hold on. I thought you, you was Everton last week. Everton, Everton won three 0 yesterday. No. So it's been a glorious weekend. Oh. Oh dear. But um, yeah, it's, it, but for Spurs though, I mean, again, they showed fortitude, and they went down to ten men and, and managed to get a, a victory. And I don't think anybody, any pundit anywhere, um, would have tipped Tottenham to be top of the league after eight games, would they? Well, hold on, hold on. I want Tipper to be top of the league. But remember one of our earlier podcasts mm. and I said, Spurs, I wouldn't say they're going to be a better, they're going to take more responsibility. And that is exactly what's happening now because what Spurs can do, they can defend deep, but they've got runners on the counter-attack when Harry Kane comes really deep to get the ball and he's the last man. It, it brings everyone Further back within the pitch, now you've got players who could stretch you. Madison getting on the on, on the ball, Son in behind. You know, it's just uh, Rich Allison. Mike, are you saying here that Tottenham <laughs> are better without Harry Kane? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I, I, I'm just saying yeah. that they are the more explosive now because they've got runners in their forward position with Kulusevski or, as well. may I say, maybe it's because they've got a manager that wants to play really open, adventurous, aggressive, attacking football. Can maybe that's why. They, can you imagine if they won the league without <laughs> oh, I don't, don't. <laughs> and Bayern Munich didn't. No, no, that wouldn't be funny. Do you know what also is going to help them this season is that exactly the same thing will help Newcastle no last season. No European football. All the big boys are playing on a regular basis in Europe and you know how tough that is. That could really, really help them. 
Uh, speaking of the big boys, Alan, um, obviously that game wasn't on um, television today. Um, mm-hmm. West Ham versus Newcastle. Um, you would have watched it because you're obviously covering all the games uh, yeah. for tonight's programme. Um, what was it like? Your late goal, late oh. equaliser, wasn't it, for West Ham? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, Newcastle were really poor in the first half. Um, didn't didn't turn up, looked tired. Uh, obviously had a bollocking. At, uh, at half time and a few choice words. So it's a bit of a hangover half. from from the yeah, big I night. Yeah, so. I mean, and, and understandably so. And with the injuries that they've uh, that they've got um, because of what happened on Wednesday evening. But then second half they came out. They were a different team. Ten or fifteen yards further up the pitch, had loads more energy and were miles the better team for. 40 minutes of that uh, that half. Uh, got two very good goals and. Um, Isak went through one on one and to make it three one and get his hat trick and he hit the post. If that goes oh, in, it's wow. different. But then David Moyes makes a great substitution. Kudos, I think he's uh, a player uh, came on, young boy. Great, looked brilliant when he came on and scored a fantastic goal. So uh, probably a fair result. Um, this is the guy from Ajax, isn't it? Al? Yeah, the guy from Ajax. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I mean, he uh, he won them the point uh, every time he got the ball. He looked a threat and he got his goal. So it was probably a fair result in the end and one I think that Newcastle would have taken before the game because of what happened on Wednesday. Yeah. Who was a standout player, sorry, Al, just before? Who was it? Was it Isak with his two goals or was there any... Yeah, you'd have to say Isak and again, Kieran Trippier. I mean, some of the balls that he put, he's putting into the uh, into the box, just unbelievable. And again, what, what a signing he's been for Newcastle. Yeah. He's in great form. He is. How old is he, Trippier? He's in his 30s now, isn't he? He's two years younger than... Me, so I'm 35. I think he's going to be 35. Yeah. I think he's born 1990, if, yeah. if I'm correct. Yeah, golden year. A golden year. <laughs> um, can Tottenham win the title? <laughs> I I don't, no. I don't, no, think, I don't so, think so, only because if they get a big injury, you have to sort of probably change the way you play and they've not got the quality to come in, whereas... In Man City or even your Arsenal now, going so close last season, they've got more experience of knowing what probably what it takes to get on the line now. And Liverpool too, probably. I mean, they're right up there. I know they didn't quite manage to to win today, but, you know, they've got some good players. They seem to have bought well. Um, Not sure about them defensively, though. Yeah, they're making mistakes, aren't they? I'm not changing my mind from, it'll be, I think it'll be a two-horse race again, Arsenal and City. I don't, I think they'll, they'll, they'll they might stay up there for a, for a while, but come the end of the season, I think it'll it'll be those two Arsenal and uh, and Man City. And with Spurs, I would think there has to be a time, and I know they haven't got European football, but there has to be a time where they hit a bit of a sticky patch and they can't rely on Harry or his goals. And I think that that'll get them catch up with them at some stage. But I do fancy them to challenge for a top four position, which. I'm sure all Spurs fans would have taken before the season. Oh, absolutely! I don't. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Um, the same probably can't be said of um, Manchester United. Um, they've um, obviously they turned it around incredibly. Um, um, yesterday, one down. What in the 94th minute they were playing? Anyway, a game we've seen that kind of prolonged injury time or wasting time. The added time at the end of the game has produced some some real late drama. And 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 yesterday it was the turn of United. McTominay came on in the 87th minute, one nil down, scored two goals. McSauce. McSauce, oh, yeah. McSauce, we're calling him gay. <laughs> when you get two like that, we're calling him McSauce. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? 
I was so delighted. And this is coming from a blue. Yeah. I was so delighted mm. for McTominay because he's been doing so well for Scotland, been scoring goals. The late, he's more advanced position when he's playing for Scotland. And he's almost just been written off. Yeah, do you think he's been unfairly treated a little bit, perhaps, by well, well, no, you, you know what it is? It's very tough because... When you go back to the old great midfielders that Man United have had, yeah. you're always going to get compared to them. Unfortunately, he's not at that level, but he can still do a job for this team. And I, I see it on his Instagram and he was like, this is what it means. And he could feel the whole emotion. It meant so much to him. So I'm delighted for him. And he's more than just a... Uh, a ratter in midfield. He's got oh, yeah. he's got good technical ability. He's got good energy, and he's got good timing of his runs as well. So I was delighted mm. for him. He looks better when he's kind of playing more slightly more advanced midfield role, um, doesn't he? Because he's always a th- he's definitely a threat in the box, and he's he's scored quite a few lately for as you said with with Scotland. Yeah, and he. I mean, I think that's the one one of those certainly one of the few positions in the Man United team that is still being questioned um, in terms of how good they are in that area. So he'd probably be thinking, hang on a minute, it's it hasn't been going great for the players in there. I deserve a chance. Um, and you'd imagine after the international break, he'll get his chance. Do you think that could be a, a turning point for Manchester United or do you think they're just papering over cracks? I, I don't. I, I said it a few weeks ago, didn't I, that um, I think what has happened at the very top of the football club inevitably at some stage always filters its way down on, on, onto the pitch. Now, people will say, well, hang on, you, I mean, it's, it shouldn't do, it should got nothing to do with the players, what's going on in the boardroom or wherever it is. But it does, it happens, you know it does. There's a discontent amongst the fans because of the owners and that has filtered down onto the pitch. And No, I, d- I don't see it getting significantly better until that changes. It adds pressure and, and affects confidence, I suppose. Yeah, of, of course. Um, I have a little bit of sympathy for, for Ten Hag with what's going on. Obviously, having to deal with the Ronaldo situation so early, the Sancho situation, not apologising, Rashford turning up late and then having to leave him out of game and then coming back, the whole uh, Mason Greenwood situation, the deal with the, the thing with Harry Maguire, shall he play him? Shall he not? Taking the captaincy off it, Anthony. But the only thing I will say, so off the field, I have sympathy. But what are Man United? I don't know what they are. What is in terms of what the style of play? Style of play. What? So you've got Fernandez, who's a number ten, playing out on the right. Then you've got Mount, who's playing a bit more like in midfield, but not creating a a great deal. Then they move Mount into to the right. Then you've got Hoyland who's actually playing really well, but you've got Rashford who wants to take on people and balls are not going to come into the box for, for Hoyland. So it's almost like, okay, they've had three injuries at left back, having to play Amrabat at left back, but I still don't know what they're trying to do. And that is the biggest question mark I have for Man United. It's a big difference, I suppose, from, from the, you know, the, the kind of confidence was coming back to the club, wasn't it? Last year, there's a bit more, bit more belief and and hope, and they they won a trophy and they lost in another final. Um, they got back into the Champions League spot, and I think um, obviously these things probably off the pitch have have, have had a, a negative effect. Um, but it's still surprising how how much they've really stuttered at the start of this season obviously in the midweek they lost in, in in the Champions League at home as well to to Galatasaray do you think in any way if they 
those two goals from McTominay, particularly just before an international break, very important for the manager, I would have thought. I mean, we don't know whether he's actually under pressure. I, I think he's bought himself um, some time with, with, with what they did uh, last season. But, you know, it can't be easy there at the moment. They're probably a team that doesn't want the international break at the minute because when you get a result yeah, like yeah. that, you want to go, you want to go again straight away, don't you? So now they've got to wait a couple of weeks till they get back. Um, uh, so they would they wouldn't want that. There's no doubt about that. That they would prefer to carry on and just without it. Did you look forward to going to play with England, or did you think, oh God, this is just getting in the way of the season? I know a lot of fans do. I think particularly nowadays, probably more than perhaps in my time, because obviously most of the internationals you play now are against countries that, frankly, are not particularly strong. Um, so they're not exactly particularly thrilling fixtures. Um, but I, I don't know. I used to I used to really look forward to to meeting up with the England squad and, and, and playing for England. Is, is that still the case, Mikey? You're the most recent. Yeah, I absolutely used to, to to love it when you when I was getting into the England squad. Man City wasn't what they are today, so you go in there and you're playing with better players. And no disrespect, we were sort of fighting to stay in the league. And then you go to England, you're playing with Gerrard and Rio and uh, Lampard and Rooney. The, the, the list goes on. But what I I didn't like going away is the fact that you were a bit of an outcast. So you had. Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, pretty much at the top of their games. Then you would have players like Jolin Lescott, uh, who was at uh, Everton. You'd have Ashley Young, who was at Watford at the time. You'd have me at Man City. And we was just outcasts. So, Well, it doesn't help if you don't bring your football boots with you, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I you probably to, should remember them, shouldn't yeah, I? Yeah, have That's to borrow them off Steve and Gerrard. I mean, uh, you, you feel... Do you think, though, when you join an English squad... And I had a similar thing when I... You know, I, I, it's just hard to remember. It's so long ago when I first joined the England squad, but I was incredibly nervous. I was at home. It was one Monday and... Um, I got home from training and I walked, I was in my house, I was still living with my parents and the phone went and, um, and my mum answered the phone and, and she said, it's it's Gordon Milne, who was the Leicester manager at the time. So so I thought, oh my God, what have I done wrong? What What is it? It's a Monday afternoon. So, he came, so I picked the phone up and I went, boss, and he went, get yourself a toothbrush, come to the club pick up your boots, Bobby Robson's been on the phone and you've got to join the team in Wrexham. And I had to, it was a late call up because they had one or two injuries and that's why I got called up. So, so I was thinking, I was, I was like, oh my God, wow, wow. But at the same time I was thinking, fuck. (laughs) 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 That's it. And that's it. So, and then I'm in my little old banger. Um, with my name on the side of the car like oh, you no. and I'm driving up the motor I have to drive I had to drive myself you imagine that now so I'm driving all the way up and I eventually meet, meet and, I, and I walk in and I'm looking around and it's like Trevor Francis and Tony Woodcock and Peter Shilton and all the, and I'm just like <laughs> Oh my god! And I was I was so shy. I I, I didn't I didn't speak. But um, but Bobby was lovely, and he came and he introduced me to everyone. Do you remember your first one? Oh. First call up. Yeah, I remember walking in some old farts were there called me. Gary Lineker. <laughs> <and what have you? laughs> 
<laughs> but it is nerve-wracking, though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, it's yeah, because all you've all you've done all your life is watch these guys on television, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're in the same dressing room as them, and you think, oh, well, you're just so desperate to try and make an impression that you don't make a dick of yourself, aren't you? That's the only problem. Yeah. By forgetting your boots, you mean now? <laughs> well, it's mad though. So I remember my first uh, yeah. my first call up, and I was only eighteen. Like. When, when you guys were there, you, you guys were expected to be there. I got in after, I think, 20 games that or something playing for, Eight, I mean, for Man City. Yeah. It, at 18. I couldn't so, have coped. 18. I remember it. It was, a, it was a Friday night. Friday night, and I'm in Mosside. So for those who don't know, <laughs> Mosside's quite a rough area in Manchester. And I'm just in the barbers. I'm in the barbers. Uh, there's some bash, You're always in the barbers. <laughs> I was in the barbers, some bashments played. So bashment is like, it's like Caribbean, Afro-Caribbean music. It's mm-hmm. like a bit. And then like, I get a call, but it's off like a withheld number. So I'm like, who's, who's ringing? And I never really answer withheld because I always think it's a problem. I think, oh, is it going to be the sun? Or is it going to be the world? <laughs> I've got a story on me, so I was, I was so reluctant to answer the, the phone. Because what happens is, if a story's going to come out at, the, say, a Sunday papers, you get a call from rather your agent or someone from the paper basically saying, we've got this story on you. It's going to come out the weekend. So withheld numbers, it's just, don't answer. Let your agent deal with it or whatnot. So I pick up the phone and I get a call. I'm not going to try to do his his accent, but it's Steve McLaren. And he's basically said, hi, Mike, uh, just so you know, you're in the uh, the upcoming squad for whatever the fixtures are. And I've said, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. I put the phone, you, you I put didn't. the phone down because I think someone's pulling my leg. And, and oh, I tell you, ask him, ask Steve McLaren about his story. So then when he rings back, <laughs> and then like, he said, no, I'm serious. I'm, this is, this is real. And I'm just like, oh my God. God, like I've, I've just told like the England said, manager to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, like you said, Gary, you're really happy, mm. but you're so nervous, oh, are yeah. you? You're thinking, oh my god. And then the first person you want to ring is your your parents. Mm. So I rung my dad, and he was just like, well, yeah, well done. But uh, yeah, it was madness. Brilliant. The perfect time to take a little breather. Back soon. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. 
And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome back to the Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Micah Richards and Alan Shearer. We were talking about um, international call-ups um, just before the break. And uh, that, I suppose, brings us on nicely to this um, current England squad. And it's interesting to know. We, I don't know about you, Alan. I, was, I, I think once I was called up to that Wrexham game, I was never left out of another England squad and then retired off my own back at the end of my career have you ever been were you ever left out of an england squad Ooh, we know michael was but no <laughs> not that i'm aware of yeah his was his was for bad behavior though oh, surely not <laughs> were the squads that you thought you should be in and weren't because it, it um, it's going to bring me to a, a, a subject probably about maybe raheem sterling ward prowse nick pope so yeah there were, there was a couple of squads to be honest I'm not, I'm not going to lie. There was a couple of squads. There, there was a season where we won the league with Man City and I got nominated. I'm going to throw it out there. I got nominated for player of the year for Man City out of six. There was, I think, four to six candidates for that. And I didn't go to the, to the Euros. Roy Hodgson left me out of that. And then there was the one with Capello. He, he put me in his first squad and then. The second squad, he put me back down to the under-21s and that was demoralising. Was it? Honestly, that sort of sucked all the confidence. You know I'm a confident lad anyway, but it <laughs> sucked all the confidence. Can I ask you, can I ask you something? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking a piss. This is a serious question. Because, uh, <laughs> Get when, ready for it, Mike. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm no, not taking a piss. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's a serious question, but, it, but I don't know the answer. Genuinely don't know the answer is what I'm saying. When you are left out of a squad and you've been in previous squads... <laughs> No, do you get a phone call? No, that's serious, a serious question, Mike. Do you get, do, did Roy Hodgson or Capello ring you up and say, Micah, you know, you're still in our thoughts, step further down, but, or did you get an explanation is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he told so them to fuck off as well. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is what I mean. So we, remember we talked briefly about Roy Hodgson. And we talked about him not taking me to the Euros. And mm. why I had a little bit of beef with him is because he didn't ring me himself. If he would have just said, uh. Micah, I don't fancy you because X, Y, Z. He got Stuart Pierce to ring me mm. because he knew I had a good relationship with Stuart Pierce because he was my manager at Manchester City. So I lost a lot of respect for him. So normally... The manager would ring you up and say, you're not in my squad because of X, Y, Z. But Hodgson didn't ring me. And that was why I lost a bit of respect. For yeah, him. I, I, I do remember the times that um, before you go to a major tournament that, and you're all in a hotel and, and I remember burning beaches and they were like, lot, like squad was big. And then from there, that about four or five of those players wouldn't make it. And, and they used to wait. Everyone was waiting for the call into the manager's office where, I mean, Bobby Robson always told them 
uh, to their faces. And um, then you had to see the guys that had been left out. And it was, you did that, honestly, you genuinely felt for them. Were you around in the squad when, was it, was it Gaza was left out and yeah. messed up the, smashed, the, smashed, smashed his, the room up. Glenn Hoddle was manager, wasn't he? Glenn Hoddle was manager. We had like a queue, we had like a 10 minute spell um, where we all had to sort of go in and, and be told. Obviously, I sort of knew because I was the captain. So, um, but he was, there was, there's, there's always a few on the edge which you feel terrible for because yeah. it's like yeah. they worked all their career or life to get into a World Cup and then for them to be uh, to be to be left out. It, it's such a late stage. Right, he got one too, didn't he? Tampa to Ian as well. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? It's not. It's not nice. It must be awful. I think I'd have just got Stuart Pearce to do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Alan, though, did you, as captain, did you then go speak to your teammates? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, what, what can you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'd have had you in. I'd have had you in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what, Gary? Hey, I'd have had you in. When someone used to say that to me, oh. I used to think, shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. Yeah. Because... Uh, you, yeah, yeah, I used mm. to hate condescending. Mm. I used to hate. <laughs> what can you say though in that situation? Yeah. It's like other than I'm really sorry, mate. Yeah, it must be hard. <laughs> but, must, no, seriously though, it must be quite hard for yeah. it, for the manager to do that. Say you're going into a Euros or a World Cup. I don't think it's right. You get a coach or someone else to do it. The manager has to do it himself. There's no doubt about that. Uh, looking at um, Gareth Southgate's squad, I mean, it, it is, it's frankly kind of unthankable job in, in many ways um, because whoever whoever's in the squad, someone has to be left out and there will always be players that certain people, we all have a view on who should be in and who shouldn't be out. Um, so it's a thankless task in many ways. Um, but I was, you know, there are some things that do surprise you a little bit when you've, you know, Raheem Sterling, for example, has been in good form early in the season. He's been particularly good the last couple of games um, and he's always been brilliant for Gareth Southgate and, and an important player for Gareth Southgate which is surprising you could say well things do change but then he's stuck by other players that um, have had more problems at club level than perhaps uh, Raheem you know uh, Harry Maguire um, and, and, and certainly Calvin Phillips who's still in the squad he's not getting a, really getting a kick generally and Ward Prowse is left out as well so I suppose there's always going to be someone isn't there I think what you have what you have to do is, is that if you ask Four million different people in our country would probably all pick <laughs> yeah. a different squad, wouldn't they? They'd all pick Absolutely. different players. Some, and also you look at the strength of the positions where perhaps where he's picking Calvin Phillips in terms of a sitting midfielder. We're not exactly blessed with that many in that position. Whereas in Raheem's position, I mean, you, you mentioned Jarrod Bourne in the squad. Rashford, Grealish, Foden, I suppose. Mm. Saka, if he's fair. Yeah, Saka, who's in there as well. I mean... Raheem might get the call up now, wouldn't he? If Saka's not going to be fit, because obviously he didn't play, yep. he didn't, he wasn't in the squad um, for the uh, for the City game. Whether they insist on him turning up or not is a different matter. So, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you I think we can talk no. about it. Gareth's going to be judged on the results, and if he has a, a, a result in the Euros that England win, then it, it, he'll just say, "I got it right." That's right. And I, I, I'd have a little wager that Raheem Sterling will make the squad come next summer. If he, think he so, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of those players as well that turns up in major tournaments because mm -hmm. not all players do. 
He just generally does have good tournaments, even when he's perhaps not been um, at his absolute best in club form. But there are certain players that rise to the occasion and others don't. And I've always I've always been a huge admirer of um, Raheem Sterling. Can I, can I just ask you then, Gary, what would your front three oh, be for, for England? Oh, I've, cha- do, I've do, changed do my cha- mind so many times. No, but, or do we change formation? Four, two, three, one? It's like... Because you've got to get Bellingham in the number 10, haven't you now? Well, you'd put Bellingham in your squad, would you? <laughs> <laughs> what a player. Uh, yeah, you put, but yeah, I suppose Bellingham. And then you, I mean, crikey, how good's Madison been this season in that, That's partic- what I mean. in that role He's as so well? Hard. Well, that, this is a great thing because you know as well as I do, it's pointless picking at just three now because mm. everything changes. And in a tournament, you never, you know, everyone goes, oh, why is he not playing him? And by the end of the tournament, most of the players have got some action and they're playing in certain positions and injuries and tiredness will, will come into it. So I think it's, it's sort of futile, but I, I must say it's a wonderful problem for Gareth Southgate to have <laughs> in that we've talked about it before, haven't we, Alan, about how good we are from the midfield going forward. Yeah. You know, a few question marks, obviously defensively, but every team has question marks. But with this group of players, you know, with, you know, Saka and Foden oh. and Rashford and Kane and Madison yeah. and Bellingham exactly. and Rice and all the, I mean, there is so much. I know I've probably missed three or four out just off the top of my head. Um, so it's, it's. Gary, a, what's that behind you? What? what just, just get off that fence, will you? <laughs> I'm not sitting on the fence. Do you want? All right, he you want a, he's, a, he's a presenter. He doesn't yeah. have to give an opinion oh, at times. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. just oh. way out of that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked the questions, Micah. It's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? The truth is, honestly, I change my mind all the time on it. And that's why I wouldn't be a very good manager. That's why I went straight into this business of telling people how to do it rather than do it yourself. It's, it's, it's a lot better, but it's not, in, it's not that easy, is it? Um, really? Um, but if it is easy and you've only got three people to choose from, if you've only got Rashford and Saka and Kane, then that's quite easy. But when you've also, <laughs> you've got loads of other players, you know, yeah. with different qualities at different times. Um, so I'm still, I'm still fudging it. <laughs> I go back to yeah. my point, Micah, from the front four onwards, which probably would include Bellamy in, his, in the 10 role. I don't, uh, I don't see many better in world football than, than the pool of talent we've mm. got. No, absolutely agree. Um, we'll probably get beat next week now. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, Bellingham as well again. I mean, I mean, we keep talking two, about two, isn't it? Two more goals. Two more goals. I, we're running out of superlatives. I know. He's now he's now bettered um, the start Ronaldo played as the best ever start by anybody has at he, Real Madrid. Really? I mean, this wow. is this is not Leicester City. This is Real Madrid. This is like one of the probably the, the along with Barcelona the, the biggest clubs in the world where all the big superstars have all always gone you know and and he's just bossing it and he's giving it the big arms Imagine. out celebration it's just staggering isn't it and he's not it's not even a centre forward you think if he's a centre forward yeah. he's got centre forward numbers <laughs> even they're impressive for a centre forward he's not one it's like unbelievable he's scoring centre forward kind of goals as well isn't he he's getting in the six yard box I mean the, the kid can what about anything. his goal against Napoli though midway oh. oh, <laughs> he just in and out. past people like the not yeah. he is you know what I'm not even going to put no pressure on he's just he's phenomenal yeah. don't That's get all bothered about yeah. pressure do you think he gives a flying fuck about pressure from <laughs> Michael Richards <laughs> I'm not going to put any pressure on him <laughs> uh, Jude, 
if you're listening, just relax. Michael loves you. Okay, everything's okay. <laughs> oh, fabulous. Uh, a couple of uh, lovely little moments this week. Well, not lovely, probably, if you're a Sunderland fan. But did you um, did you see it? I hope you saw it, Alan. Uh, Matt Crook scored um, for Mid- Middlesbrough second. They, they beat Sunderland by four goals to nil. And then he celebrated by running along in front of the Sunderland fans doing, what was he doing? The Alan Shearer one-arm celebration. <laughs> How I mean, good it, was that? I loved it. I, just, <laughs> I, was, I was scared to like it or retweet it on Twitter because the hate would come straight, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd have done it with one of those, you know, those swimmers baldy caps, <laughs> that would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> 17 oh. years after retiring you're still haunting those Sunderland fans Al love it brilliant yeah what a way what a way to go what a way yeah. to celebrate yeah they would have hated him doing that as well but we'll finish as, as we usually do with um, a moment of the week or the weekend did you see Olivier Giroud yes yes <laughs> they, they were 1-0 up um, yeah. And the game went into injury time and Mike Mannion, the Milan goalkeeper, got a red card. I think both goalkeepers in that game actually got a red card, but they'd already used all their substitutes. So um, Olivier went in goal and made a brilliant, like brave block at the, as the striker <laughs> went through and then jumped on and clutched the ball and all the players were, <laughs> were celebrating. It was, it was, it was brilliant. That's the moment of the week, isn't yeah. it? It has to be. It's, it, I think, well, we've got, yes, I think, it, I think it probably has to be. But also, also, have you ever, have you ever, because didn't you say once, Mikey, you liked playing goal? To be honest, I, I've never been in goal yeah, not in, a in game, like no. a proper match. No. But I used to play in net for school, but it doesn't really count. But not I loved it. I would have loved no. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds as if you've gone back to school in net for school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had the gloves on, Alan? Uh, no, I can't. Not since I was a youngster. No. Yeah. Didn't, doesn't interest me. No. All the goalkeepers are weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but goal scorers turn goalkeepers. Olivier Giroud. <laughs> Um, Great save as well. Good yeah, save it was. Yeah. Um, uh, just be, just before we end, um, we got amazing um, feedback and a lot of love for the Thierry Henry um, episode. And um, if you if you missed it, I absolutely recommend you to to have a listen. Thierry goes quite deep. Uh, I think he's really fascinating, very philosophical and and, and considered. And um, there is because it was so good and quite long, we actually got another episode, the second part of of that coming out on Friday. But he, he was great, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I mean, you you three legends, I know we have our laughs and jokes, but when you, there's three legends like yourselves who have played at the highest level and to be so open and honest and be vulnerable, you know? Because he even said like, and that's why I asked him one of the questions was about, was you putting on a little bit of a front? Because we all think he's Superman, he's a yeah. superhero. And he is in terms of on the pitch, but off the pitch to, I've had so many messages to say it's, well, it's a bit of a kill because everyone's saying it's, it's the best podcast we've had now. I was like, well, <laughs> in terms of um, him being so open, mm. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah. It, re- it really was. And yeah, um, to hear you guys speaking about your emotions like that, it was definitely 
eye-opening. Mm. I thought it was, I mean, we, we've, we've been lucky enough, we've worked with them, and Micah, you work with them on a regular basis. We've worked with them in Euros or World Cups, Gary, haven't yep. we? And other bits. He's just, I mean, he's just a lovely man, isn't he? Yeah. He's just a wonderful man, a wonderful human being, a great lad. He's one of those guys that when he, you know, when he comes in the, the studio or the office, he goes around, shakes absolutely everyone's hand and introduces himself. And um, he's, a, he's a class act. Um, and yeah, I, th- absolutely. I, think, well said. I th- think that came across both on and off the pitch. Um, well, that's it for today's uh, episode of The Rest is Football. We'll be back on Wednesday with our question and answer episode as usual. And don't forget the second part of that Thierry Henry special is out on Friday. If you haven't listened to the first part of that, you can do so now. They're really not to be missed. Um, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thanks, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.